All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Haba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right. Camera. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, toys. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. It's Friday night film cast. I'm here, got, got, got off of work, came straight to Colin's house, and we're doing the film cast on our weekend night. That's how dedicated we are. Did you say gobble, gobble, gobble out of work? <laughs> yeah, no, I, maybe. I, I, haven't, I haven't even had a drink of this Mai Tai yet that Colin has made for me, but Let's I'm going to. to. Apologies for our absence last week uh, for the film few of you that tune in every week and you do and people do it i i, I want to thank everyone who does and i had a lot of people uh compliment our suicide squad podcast especially saying i heard a, i heard this from a lot of people a lot of head nodding going on yeah. listening to the podcast so thank you all for listening sorry we weren't here last week my fault uh wrapped up production that was an insane amount of work that last week but uh uh I'm also thankful to work with a lot of people that are very talented and really good at what they do, and it made it a lot easier than it really should have been. Anyways, um, woo, wrapped. Uh, but we're here. We're here this week, guys. Welcome to everyone listening. Welcome to the Woolworths Filmcast, your Detroit podcast for uh, film, TV news, and discussion. My name is Kale David. I'm here as I am every week, with, except last week, with my friends. <laughs> When, homeowner, when home, home, <laughs> lessee. Do you call me homo? No, <laughs> homo, homeowner. Our good friend, Not, homo. You own this house. The token gay. <laughs> the one whose whose space of living we are uh, invading this week, my friend. Hey, I'm Colin. And Mitch. And uh, Colin, Mitch, and I are gonna we're gonna right now we're gonna taste a little mai tai that Colin made. I've never had a mai tai in my life. Oh. It's the first time. Here we go. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I mean, it's good. I'm it's not a mixed sweet. drink guy, but well, it's sweet. I know this is the first time I've used a mix for it because I've heard that this mix is really good, and the mix is a little sweet for my taste. It's a little so. too sweet for you. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, so I, I think I'm gonna go back to making them how I normally do, which is like all alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I've ever had a mai tai at a bar, but I would like to ask a good bartender to make one for me. Every place makes them different. That's the yeah, problem. Right. Yeah, It's like if you can get a really well-made mojito, oh, that's a mm-hmm. good drink. It's good. I do also have a beer here for me just to, you know, chase it. No, I mean, I mean it's good. I'm, I'm Colin, it, 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 it's this. sweet. It's sweet. But um, I, norm- I normally make it with coconut rum, dark rum, triple sec, a splash of pineapple juice. And that's it. Nice. And it's two shots of all the alcohol. No, one shot of the triple shot sec, two shots of the regular stuff. All right. And then the splash of pineapple juice. But this mixes, it makes it gives it a, little, a lot more acidity I think, right. than the pineapple right. juice. But a little acidity. Kind of um, we, uh, we get together every week. We talk about a film. We talk about some movie, TV news, and headlines. And uh, this week, uh, we, we saw uh, Don't Think Twice. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we'll also get into some, uh, re- before we do that, we're going to give some news and uh, some uh, just general talk. Uh, we did miss last week, uh, the well, the week before. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm so lost of track here. We missed last week. Yes. Uh-huh. Which was the Dream Cruise, right? Was that last weekend? Yeah. Oh. Last weekend, yes. yeah. yeah. 
Colin's favorite time of the year, it's, living in Birmingham. We are very close to it, yeah. Uh, the Dream Cruise, if you don't know, is a, it's one the third weekend in August every year where uh, the communities of Birmingham, Royal Oak, Ferndale, <laughs> Pontiac uh, celebrate old cars. And everyone from across the country, seriously, brings their old cars and drives them up and down Woodward. Yeah. For Sometimes across the world. It's supposed to be a day. It, it's usually a week. Yeah. Which, you know what? There's complaints. We all have complaints about it, but it's pretty cool. The, you see some cool cars. Yeah. The... Uh, the week before when we recorded Suicide Squad, I had gotten a haircut on uh, Woodward and there was already like old people, I say old because they were older, with their old cars like in <laughs> like beach chairs oh, yeah, watching were, yeah, Woodward right, and yeah. it was like Tuesday. Yeah, no. I'm going to tell you guys, this isn't just a like week of the Dream Cruise thing. This happens all summer. Oh, people, no, I've noticed People it, yeah, plant yeah. outside in June, July yeah, just watch and just walk cars. Or post up with their car, open the, the, the mm-hmm. hood and, yeah. and brag and about just their hang engine. out. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Hmm. It is weird. But it's cool. We're the more city and we should... Is it cool, Kill? I was going to say, if you got a really cool car, I mean, yeah, bring it here oh, yeah, and show yeah, it off for sure. Yeah, it's good. fun. I mean, I was, I was in Royal Oak last weekend uh, seeing some movies and I... Um, there was an old like '60s like beige Thunderbird, and it was just—it's fun to look at it's those cool. things because they're cool. they're they're relics. They don't, they don't make them like that anymore. I bring it up because I thought I would throw this question at you without any preparation. But what is your favorite film car? Car in a movie? Oh. Yeah, there's, there's millions to choose from. There's a few obvious ones. I might pick one. I think this could be Steve McQueen's Mustang and Bullet, or it could be the Ghostbusters uh, mobile. Anything in between. Herbie the Love Bug. Herbie the Love Bug is a classic <laughs> love bug. Is that, is that your favorite? I don't know. Talk about the original or the Lindsay Lohan? The Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, yeah, course, course. Like, who are we talking about here? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Bang Bang, really? Did you see the Dick Van Dyke? Did you see this? No. There's a footage on YouTube of him in just a Denny's with a group of people that he sings with. See, he's 90 years old and still sings with people. Okay. And they just broke out in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang in the middle of a Denny's. Oh, cool. Dick freaking Van Dyke just he does not look 90 no no he doesn't oh car though <laughs> you know Ian Fleming wrote that really yeah James oh. Bond author Chitty Chitty Bang Bang yeah seriously <laughs> his catalog is James Bond all the James Bond novels <laughs> and then Chitty Chitty Bang Bang interesting yeah uh, I, I, I don't know the first one that came to mind but I feel like it's cliche is the Batmobile which one though? I love the 1989 Tim Burton Batmobile. Yeah. Maybe that's because the one I grew up with. Yeah. But is that your? Is that your? That's the one that comes. To, yeah. Especially when he's like in Batman Returns and he's like showing off all the stuff it can do. Yeah. When he's taking down all the clowns and right. the tree lights. And that was back when like it was okay for like a superhero mobile to be like sleek, not like practical looking, but mm-hmm. like sports car looking. You yeah. Know? And that's cool. I like that a little bit. I don't know why I can't think of a car in action that really stands out. To me, in any movie, Grease Lightning. Yeah, it was Grease, Grease Lightning. Lightning is one of them. Okay, yeah, those. But like iconic, I I really love the God, way if you start singing. I'll just join in. No, I <laughs> fucking hate Grease. Uh, <laughs> and West Side Story. Yeah. Go Grease Lightning. Um, no, I'll t- I can tell you what I hate about Grease, well, but that's a different talking. story. <laughs> yeah. I um, love, yeah, I love Grease. I Lightning. like. It's actually an ugly car. It's like super ugly. Yeah, it's an ugly movie. How were they able to get down in the LA River base? <laughs> 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 Every film production ever yeah. somehow made it their way down. How did there. they get down there? Um, I really like. Speaking of Detroit movies, I really like uh, the Gran Torino in Gran oh, Torino. Oh, Gran Torino, that's it's, a good one. It's sad that we don't get to see it like really 
really drive though. Yeah. Um, it would be nice to see that thing. Just take that. Let's do a Gran Torino two, and then. Uh, what's his name? The kid is in like trying to get away from those gangs again. You're writing. You're gonna, you're yeah. gonna pitch a Gran Torino too, right? Yeah, now? and he's gonna Gran Torino. Yes, <laughs> and he's going to uh, race through the streets of Detroit in his in Walt's Gran Torino. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes Fast and Furious. Yeah, <laughs> which is the, all those cars are cool. Those are cool. Come on, what about the DeLorean? Oh, yeah, right. that's my fa- I mean, that's my favorite thing ever. Like, <clears throat> if I had all the money in the world, I will buy a refurbished DeLorean, 100%. I'm going to deck it out like Doc Brown did. You know, I, I, there's, there's, picture footage, uh, there's picture evidence of this somewhere, but I had a DeLorean at my fifth birthday party because I was such a... I think you told us that. Yeah. I think you've told us that multiple times. I, it, that's where I peaked in my life, was, that, was sitting in a DeLorean with an orange, like, you know, that little vest he wears and <laughs> Kale was never cool again. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't really cool back then in 1995 either, but whatever, you know, it was, it was, people's like back to the future. You peaked at five. <laughs> All right, let's get on to some uh, news news. We also missed uh, the Star Wars Rogue One trailer. Literally when we, when we finished recording the Suicide Squad uh, podcast the other day, the Rogue One trailer was released uh, during the Olympics. And then we watched it later, and then we never got to talk about it. So uh, let's just go around quick. We we watched it a little bit before here too, because uh, we want to refresh our memories. Niche, what are you thinking about this next Star Wars movie? Um, I'm Basically excited. Trailers. It looks like a war movie, which you know, Star Wars. It's actually sure. it looks like a real war movie. Um, Gareth Edwards looks like he has a vision for it. Like he he's got. You mean a like distinct, visually? Yeah, like I mean, it's cool seeing like the Death Star upside down. Like you don't see that. Like you, it blocking out the sun. It, you know, there's a lot of stuff in it that just, he really knows how to show the scale of things. And those shots of like the uh, star destroyer coming out of the shadow of it and stuff. Really cool stuff. Did you Um, see Godzilla? Did you guys? Yeah. I saw parts of it. It was on TV and that was it. Well, that's my. I was on piggyback off of what Mitch was saying. And I'm just curious. You said scale. I mean, I feel like yeah, scale. Godzilla, yeah, the guys. I think that's probably why know. he was picked for it. Yeah, because yeah, one one of the things I really liked about um, Godzilla were some of these shot choices, which were just beautiful ways to show off the monster and different lightings. It was it was really great. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Clear. I mean, clearly, even just watching the Rogue One trailer, the guy is a visual genius. I mean, yeah. honestly, but. Um, yeah. Just quick, did you? I mean, besides that, anything about this, Mitch? This trailer that like, like okay, yeah, I like asking this when we when we you know we do these things where we watch the the teaser and then the real trailer and then the final trailer. Are you more or less or same amount of excited before? Um, this one? I'm just as excited, okay. probably more excited because I see a lot more in it now. You uh-huh. see like the characters and how it's gonna look. Um, the only thing that has me worried is just the news surrounding it of like reshoots and stuff, which is like what. You know, mm-hmm. whose fault is it? Maybe the studio overstepping stuff, or is it something? Was something missing? But I don't know. There, that the music in the trailer gave me chills. But that was like I haven't heard the tra- yeah. I haven't heard the music do that. You know, Star Wars theme written and performed like that before. Yep. Um, not that that's going to be in the movie. Maybe we'll um, see. I don't know. John Williams isn't no 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 it's Alexandre uh, Desplat Des, Desplat but I don't know if that's his music we we know he's hard. <clears throat> right yeah they don't know um there he, are things I do want to see in this movie well first Colin, it really just is, focuses around what were your <laughs> what, first your thoughts and then tell me if you're more or less or the same amount of excited um 
thoughts? I mean, I I think it looks. I'm glad that it looks so different than the um, episode seven. Yeah. Um, it looks a lot more grittier, um, a lot more realistic. Mm. Um, don't see a lot of like alien type people. It's mostly people. Oh, that's a good it, which point. Is cool. Actually, yeah. Um, and there looks like there could be a lot of really cool action um, action sequences in it. There looks like a lot of different locations, which is exciting and also worrisome at the same time. If it's yeah. gonna jump around all, all all the place, but um, I I have a little bit more. I'm a little bit more excited for it now. Really? Um, I yeah. think. And like, but like Mitch said, the news is like gets me a little worried. But I'm gonna go into it. Um, I think pretty excited. Yeah. Damn it, you said something that I wanted to piggyback off of, but then you said another thing that distracted me. Sorry, <laughs> I'm so distracted. Um, <laughs> um, uh, my thoughts. I, I'm, having a, I'm having a tough time as a crazy Star Wars fan coming to grips, actually, as we get closer to, to this actuality that there's going to be theatrical films that don't follow the episodic movies, so to speak. I have an even tougher time coming to grips with it realizing now that you know when when disney started doing this they said okay we're going to do seven eight and nine and then every other year in between we're going to do a movie that has nothing to do with the rest of the trilogy and the trilogies the three trilogies but then you watch this trailer i mean we i guess we kind of heard rumors about this we knew it was happening but darth vader is in it at the end of the trailer who is anakin skywalker who is the core centric part of all nine movies really at the end of the day he's gonna be and so is this a one-off movie or is he gonna have a role in this and if he does i mean i'm having the joker thing going on here it's like if you put him in this movie it really no longer makes it a one-off he's the main character of of, of the whole thing it, it's scary because you're gonna put him in there if he doesn't have a role or if he has a cameo at the end of it it's like I guess my point is, is like later on, people are going to want to watch the progression from episode three to Rogue One to episode four of this character. And how is Darth Vader going to change in this movie? Is he going to change? Is he going to be someone different in the beginning and the end? And I think I personally, to me, it matters. It's weird. I'd rather them just do something that doesn't connect at all. And I'm, I'm kind of doubting the choice of the plot mm. of this movie, of the first one off movie. I don't know. I don't think you can have the story actually exist without Darth Vader in it because he's such a prominent figure at this point in the Empire no, I, timeline, I, 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 in I, the galaxy. I agree, with, I agree with you. Of the Death Star. And that's why I'm doubting now the choice to make the first one-off movie about stealing the Death, Death Star plans. Oh, okay. Like I, I feel like not, you're making it too of an important part of the story now. And like, I don't know. It scares me. It's oh, not... I guess my point is, is like there's consequences now. If it sucks, if they portray Vader like like the way that I thought the Suicide Squad poorly portrayed the Joker, all of a sudden now, you know, you have a movie that because it sucks, it means something. And they, like the prequels, I mean, you know, look, they, they those hurt when they're bad. Whether whereas if there was a one-off story about just smugglers and bounty hunters in the galaxy that have no really real connection to what's going on in the other episodes movies, it's like. I can have more fun and it's not like a it's not changing the way I see the other seven movies. You know what I mean? And this has a right. possibility to do that. Do you think well I guess my question to you would be would you be happier if Vader was in 
a lot of the movie or just maybe in one scene, but talked about a little bit. What if bit he was like a looming threat? Yeah, I background. actually, that's there's what a I good think. way to do it. I think there's a mm-hmm. way to do it. If he is a looming threat throughout the whole film, yes, it's yeah. a good, cool. But see, here's my other thing. If I had it my way, he would slaughter all the main characters in the end of the movie. But they're not going to, obviously, they're not going to do that. Well, because they succeed in their mission, ultimately. Well, they can still succeed and, and, and die. Yeah, and die. Right. And I think that would be. I think that'd be cool. Incredibly empower, like it would it would be powerful. I think that's what's going to happen. I I don't because I think I have a I have a feeling that what Disney's doing here is setting up another trilogy that's going to take place. The next one's going to take place between four and five, <laughs> and the I, and the other one is going to take place between five and six. I really they they want to make money. This is a no, thing where they th- have plenty to make money off. of. I don't know. Yeah. It worries me. It all worries me. I don't know. I feel like it would be weird if they all survived because why? It would be. It would be. I then agree. why yeah. wouldn't they why be wouldn't in they that be meeting? In next, yeah, at, why wouldn't they be on Yavin? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I want to see Darth Vader. Like I want to see him be a looming threat in the background. You know, like not really introduce him till halfway through the movie, whereas like he does exist because. You know, do these rebels know of Darth Vader? I mean, they right, have right. to, right? Well, like, they, maybe they don't. You're right. No. Right. right. You know, it, it may be a secret at this point, and not till later. I mean, Leia does know, know Darth Vader when they first meet. In Darth the first, Vader. Only you could be. Yeah, so her bold. British accent that right. disappears. Yeah. <laughs> mm. She's being a diplomat. In yeah. That, in that sense. Right. Um, but I would love to see him do something horrific. I would too. Yeah, no. I, uh, I mean, I would like too. pull down a star destroyer or, or pull down a ship or you know murder someone in a brutal way. Um, that was part of like the reshoots thing. Was a rumor going around that something he does was too violent, right. oh. and I was like, Ooh, I but what's crazy is in episode three. He non, kills children. Non non. <laughs> he kills the, Vader the young kills ones. Children. Yeah. yeah, the younglings. <laughs> yeah, we I don't hate, see that obviously. Ugh, I but. hate people. What about younglings? How do you feel about younglings? I just got to... I, I hate them probably even more, actually. <laughs> the younglings. <laughs> They're tiny little lightsabers. Um, you just got to? No, I was going to say something. I'll, I'll get to this. But um, I don't know. It could yeah. be good. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, look, I want... Like, Star Wars movies to be great. I'm, like, I'm, I'm so excited to see another Star Wars movie. But just I just... I also want to see that droid, that really tall one, kill someone. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see a droid kill a stormtrooper. I also want to say really quick, and I wanted to also refrain from saying I want to say, or I will say in this <laughs> podcast. Just say it, man. Um, yeah, just fucking say it, Kale. Uh, I think twice. it's a bad, I think it's a bad trailer. I think it's a, I think it doesn't, not, if you really read the dialogue that goes on in this trailer, I don't think it tells a story at all. I yeah, think the, really. the lines were like, the Jin and the other guy are like, good, good. Doesn't play off as funny or it doesn't really tell me that they have chemistry or anything and i think that uh i don't know it's just, i don't think it's a very good trailer do you think that the episode seven trailer I thought like showed up I thought i'm trying to trailer. remember it but i don't recall it showing off dialogue or chemistry yeah oh or no the, the last one for sure was like oh. remember remember uh, uh ray oh, and, han, oh. and, and han around the millennium falcon and uh, he's going he's going i refuse <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's going, the stories of the Jedi, they're true, all of them. He's like, I thought they were just a myth. Like, this is a, like they're setting up the, the new world. Right. And in this one, it's right. just like, can you be trusted without your shackles? No. She's I'm a such woman. A rebel. Yeah. <laughs> Fierce. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll I see. Think we'll it, see. I, I'm, 
I think it's okay. It's going right. to be okay. Right. Right. It's going to be Thanks. all right. Like, we'll ease my mind on this on from now until December. Right. Is there going to be other trailers coming out? Yeah, I, I, I feel like there'll be, there'll be one, one more. more. I think there'll be one oh, more. Maybe, and then there'll be a TV spot. Maybe you'll get satisfied. I, I, I think I will. Oh, I yeah. Think. During football, the Star Wars oh, trailers are going to be insane. Right. <laughs> as insane as they were last year. Right. You're going to exactly. get car commercials. And every year the rest of our lives. Monday Night Football is going to be Star Wars night. Now, did I dream it or was Donald Glover actually cast as Lando? No, not actually cast Okay, I dreamt it. So no, that was in the, so that was in the news. It's like uh, the first two movies are like Darth Vader's story and Han's story. It's like these are not one-off movies. These are integral parts of the story. Yeah, but everything I've read about this uh, Han Solo thing is everybody who's read it has loved the script. All right. Well, I got hope for that too. Lord and Miller, they know what they're doing. All right, all right. Let's talk about some other things. Let's talk about some other things. <laughs> Something do we want to talk about this Nate Parker, Birth of a Nation thing? You guys want to do this? I think it's interesting. All right. Mitch, tell us about it. Okay, so Nate Parker. The I'm, not, I'm kind of in the know, but not really. Writer, director of the much-anticipated uh, Sundance favorite uh, Birth of a Nation, which is about um, Nat Turner's Nat Turner. rebellion, failed rebellion in 1830s. Ooh, spoiler alert. Oh, yep. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, <laughs> slaves didn't get their freedom till much later. Uh, and I saw a trailer for this uh, when we when I saw Don't Think Twice. I don't know if you guys did. Um, but it has just been surfaced, resurfaced, that in 1999, when he was a student at Penn State, he was involved in a... Uh, or he was accused of rape with his actual co-writer friend, uh, Jean Celestine, I think, uh, who also co-wrote Birth of a Nation. He was accused of rape by someone, um, went to court. He was acquitted, but Jean Celestine, Jean, 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 I don't know. He was, uh, he was convicted of sexual assault in the same case. Um, now this kind of has come to really hurt uh nate parker which i mean i guess rightfully so in a sense even though he was acquitted a lot of people are dropping screenings of birth of a nation was it the afi uh was going to do a screening in q a and they completely dropped it um and dropped the the Q&A. So things are kind of falling apart and a lot of people are saying they refuse to see birth of a nation now um which brings up the point of like being able to separate art from um from the artist from, from the, the artist. director from the writer right <laughs> sorry my phone started ringing um yeah so it's it's interesting um there's a lot of assumptions going on but i think the most important thing also to remember is the victim killed herself in 2012 that's a detail I just found out. I didn't know that. Yes. So, hmm. a lot of people, I mean, different time in 1999. Um, a lot of things weren't taken that seriously, I'm sure, in rape cases. Uh, but, you know, he was acquitted. So, there's, you kind of have to say, like, well, he was acquitted. But then people say, well, O.J. Simpson was acquitted, and it's pretty clear that he most right. likely well, did we it. Well, we don't really, I mean, we don't, we don't really know. If we don't know. Nate Parker, I mean, we're not going to sit here and <clears throat> right. for legal reasons, of course, but also just reality is like, I mean, we don't know. I, I don't mean, know. Yeah. We'll never know. So are you guys, I mean, what do you, I mean, obviously anyone, any institution, any theater has the right to do whatever they want. I mean, of course, I'm, you know, and you have the right to not see this movie, but 
this this constant battle mm. over our lives ever and humanity is like artist and and uh, art and whether or not someone right. the way someone acts or someone does something does it affect the way you see the film or mm-hmm. music listen to the music or look at the picture that they've drawn I mean Colin what do you <coughs> take from this <laughs> it's, it's obviously like I mean, it's you know I know I know well, no I mean, one here is like. I, we're gonna say. I mean, no one here is like diminishing the seriousness of rape or rape mm-hmm. cases. Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean the fir- like the first thing that comes like to mind with me and what I think like it well, was a really it was a long time ago and that's not really like a justification for it. But he also Nate Parker's married now. He has kids now, and I believe it was him that brought this up in the first place, speaking on a college <clears throat> campus about sexual assault, and then people looked into it. So I mean, I. Like yeah, we all we all really do some really fucked up and stupid things when we're young, and it's mm-hmm. to me what's in, unfortunate about it is that there's so many other people that worked on this movie and dedicated a lot of their time and effort into this movie that now is <coughs> maybe getting overlooked or blemished because of one person's actions long ago. Right, it's a good point. And it is also important to to know that. Recently, in the past like 24 hours, um, uh, his fellow peers from when he was back at Penn State, when he was a student there, they have all come out like who knew him well and complete defense of his character. So, I don't know. Who knows? I think it's interesting that, I mean, this is a title that's obviously playing off of the original Birth of a Nation film that... I think it's interesting because the original Birth of a Nation film in the 20s was like a... Uh, tens. Or the tens or whatever. You know, it was like the first time so many film techniques were used. And we watch it in film school and film classes and everyone studies it. And there's always this constant like, because it's a super racist, weird movie mm-hmm. with like nothing but the worst intentions ever. Um, but it's, very, it's very well made. Content-wise, but it's very well made for its time. So yeah. there's always been... It's just fascinating to me that now the same titled movie with a different plot, obviously, but, like, is, again, a, con- a point of controversy on, like, can you separate the art from the artist? And, um, right. But D.W. You know, I mean, was I've, also a racist. I know. And I'm right. always someone who's, like... I mean, it's tough. I will, you know... Bill Cosby's himself was always one of my favorite stand-up things in the world, and mm-hmm. I don't think I could listen to that the same way anymore. Oh no, that's never. a completely different. Yeah. I think that's. I would say that's a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. This is not. We're, Nate Parker's not talking about hundreds of of women that are coming and saying that the yeah this happened. Right. Um, yeah, but, I kind of look at it kind of similar to like Mel Gibson too. It's like, but. I yeah. don't like Mel Gibson at all, but he makes some really great movies mm-hmm. as a director. Right. And his only real crime is that he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. It's, it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm Jewish and the you know, things that he's like reportedly said or the ways, you know, I don't know. It's like, eh. there's no excuse. There's no excuse. It's not, but it's not like he, yeah. it's not like he physically hurt someone. Right. Yet. Or that we know of. But what about people and, like... And I, I also say that like I'm, I think he's a really good filmmaker. Right. I think, again, he's an asshole. I wouldn't personally support him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But... Now, what about someone good. like Roman Polanski? Because he made arguably it's, one I mean, of the best films of all it's, time. I know. And, and, it's, and, that, and he's a fugitive 
of justice and that we have like we have artists and celebrities and actors who have like come out like trying to support him and like say we need to drop it and let it go but now that this has come out it's like oh no like this is horrible i i yeah i don't know i just to me i guess i haven't figured out where i stand on this whole thing because we there's also Woody Allen. Yeah, I mean, I, Brian Singer. I actually get really. I don't understand the Woody Allen thing at all. Actually, well, in terms of, of marrying, is that what you mean? Or? <laughs> his adopted yeah. daughter. I don't, I well, honestly. I mean, that's people not, think that that's like so messed up. I honestly don't think it's that's not that. Up. I mean, it's not he was never charged with anything. So. Right, but there's also, but it's and they're still that. together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't. That's that doesn't really. It's, it's weird. Weird, but I don't it's like, weird. But, but like, I'm not gonna. It's not like it's not like crossing a. It's no. a, yeah. It is a lot of assumptions of like that he uh, was inappropriate with her when she was very young, but right. there's no proof. Right. Um, yeah. So he he seems like a creepy guy, but I love his movies. I, I mean, at least I don't, every like, three like, I don't know times where he makes a movie. Every third movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, you get this with you get this with Michael Jackson. You get this with David Bowie. David Bowie's had. I mean, I've during his passing this year, a lot of stuff has come out about the way he acted inappropriately and in his heyday but it's like yeah people are animals right so i don't i don't know it's it's tough it's always tough show me an angel and i'll tell you you're a liar tom, <laughs> tom hanks oh angels and demons him. he was the angel all right all right enough of this. <laughs> enough of this I do want to. I, I'm, you know, like I don't know if I'll pay to see it, but depending on what happens from now until it's available to pay to see, but I do want to watch the movie. Wait, what did you pay to see it? Well, what if something? I'm just saying, if something, well, if something does come out where it's like, it's really then bad. I'm more like interested. It's really to bad. See. Yeah, well, well, well. I most don't likely I don't be know doing where I stand. This is. I, this, I don't know where I stand. The movie comes out in October, so we'll most oh. likely be doing. I think October. I don't know. We'll most likely be doing an episode on it. Oscar season is start, right. starting, right? Which I am just not excited for it this year. I saw. Wait, well, that was amazing. First of all, <laughs> you just said you're not excited for Oscar season. Yeah, that's like little, your I'm thing. Very I confused. just don't. I don't. It's like me of, not being excited for Rogue One. I don't know of anything that's. Maybe it's because I haven't read enough. I just don't. Guess know what I saw anything. this weekend. Hell or High Water? Yes. I hear that that's good. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. And I, like I, the, I would consider I, it a front runner right now. Well, I, I wasn't aware that, of that it was... I almost saw that and didn't think... And didn't see Don't Think Twice, well, but like, I no, I gotta see it because yeah, we're talking about it. I been upset. <laughs> but, but I, didn't, I didn't realize it was written by Ty Sheridan, who did mm-hmm. one of my favorite films of last year, Sicario. Yeah, so... Um, Colin, do you think your, your lack of enthusiasm for Oscar season has to do with maybe your lack of enthusiasm of this year's blockbuster season. Maybe. I'm not going to say that that won't have an effect on it, maybe. Because this time last year, we started the film cast in 2015 in the in the spring, and there was a lot of good movies last year. It was well, like a really good year for movies, a really yeah. good year for the genre film. Yeah. Really, really good year for franchise and genre films. I now, here we agree. are. It's, it's August, and this is our next news point, I guess. Is that box office? There hasn't really been a hit this this summer. It's very bizarre in a, in, a, in a in a world where like every year, you know, a movie climbs into the top five, and yeah. then Leapfrog's another one. And the, in a world where Star Wars made a billion dollars domestically last December, there was no big hit this this year really at all. I mean, especially in the summer. I mean, Civil Captain America, War. Captain America, and Batman vs Superman in a way was a hit, but 
Batman vs Superman came out in March. Right, and and, and Civil War came <laughs> out in, in May. In May, I think we did that. Yeah, early May. I mean, you're talking about movies like <clears throat> Finding Dory. Well, so I mean, I'm looking at a graph here, which is really interesting because, <laughs> like, Captain America: Civil War did worse than Age of Ultron. It's which is hard you know, to believe. Whoa! Which is my, in my opinion, is a master. It's Cap Three is a masterpiece movie, and I think we all agree that Age of Ultron was poo poo. Yeah, it just was probably the lower <laughs> end of all the seventeen Marvel movies. Age of Doltron, um, right? <laughs> you didn't really have a you didn't really have a big Inside Out movie this year. I mean, Zootopia did okay, but Life Secret Life of Pets didn't really. Didn't Dory do great? Dory did great, but not like. What do you mean you don't have an Inside Out movie? You had a Pixar movie that did great. I guess it did. Sorry, I'm, you're right. I, this didn't. Oh damn. It was. This didn't. Dory okay, I, I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. But then you have Suicide Squad that didn't really do that well. X-Men Apocalypse didn't do well at all. Mm-hmm. Star Trek Beyond didn't do well. As much as I think we all enjoyed that movie, it didn't do well. Oh, no. Jason Bourne didn't do well, uh, which is I think is really surprising. I, I heard that movie sucked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, like, I don't. I don't know. It could be good, but I heard it was terrible. Ghostbusters, as we know, complete Christ. failure. It's standing at one twenty-four. All, the, all right these now. you're naming are critical and all right, so box office failures. I, you know, and I and I, I will say I just got a text from my friend Claire who uh, Claire Danes. No, Claire oh. H. Oh, that's her first. Huh? That's that's. I'm not gonna. You know. Anyway. Oh, okay. I get what you're doing. Claire. Oh, Claire works at a com- Claire works with me this past summer. She works at a comic book store now. She's a huge geek. Loves all their comic book movies and things that are going on in the world right now. She just said, "Oh my God, Suicide Squad was so bad. I tried so hard to like it." Why would you try yeah. to like something? <laughs> I, because you guys are a comic book fan. People want this movie to be good the way I want Rogue One to be really good, and it just wasn't. So, do you think there's a there's a there's a is there a quality and uh, box office correlation here that maybe we don't normally see? I think it's finally starting to rear its head. You have to make a good movie. Like people aren't, people are kind of getting tired of going to bad movies and being lied to. That it's like this is the next big thing, like right. Batman vs Superman, Suicide Squad. This is going to be amazing, and then you get there and you're just really bored, and you you want to go to the movies and discover something like Guardians of the Galaxy. So, do you think? But the question, I guess, is: are, is it because they're bad, or is it because people are sick of these movies? You know, like I'm reading an article. I mean, I'm looking at an article right now that's claiming this is the beginning of the end of like the franchise craze that's uh, going on. Well, Marvel's Baruch got a long Hashem. way to go. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> is that the saying? <laughs> well, um, bless God. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Marvel's got an entire phase left. They still have years but, of but, movies. And, but so, like, what do you guys? I mean, if you had to choose one, is it because these movies sucked or because people are sick of them? I have the answer here. Oh, oh, Colin's got it. Whoa. <laughs> I I feel like Rabbi Colin has the answer. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these movies that end up being really big box office success are ones that get multiple viewings. If you have right. a bad movie, you're not going to go see it multiple times. So, could Suicide Squad do even better if it was great? <clears throat> yeah, it would. Of if it, people wanted to see it more than once, but people don't because it's a fucking train wreck. So. I feel like that's a lot of the movies that came so, out this but year. People aren't sick of like the the franchise remake shit, right? Or no. are they? No, I don't think they are. I think we'll see. We'll see what Doctor Strange does. Doctor Strange has 
Marvel it, fans yeah. and Benedict Cumberbatch fans. And it's a November. And Tilda it, Swinton fans. Of course. That's uh, what I'm saying. And, <laughs> yeah, and Magic fans. Uh, no, and just, it looks interesting. It fans could be It could be Marvel's new, like, you know, Guardians type, like, wow, I didn't know anything about Doctor Strange, and this movie was fascinating and fun. It doesn't look very funny from the trailer, <laughs> which, you know, you kind of want in a Marvel movie. Um, I think it'll be, you can already tell. There's, it's going to be silly yeah. in a way. You know, Benedict Cumberbatch's voice kind of turns Mitch, me off. You're but, right. I, I, it's a big movie for them in a, in a box office way. Because right. if it doesn't do well. Then you're like not excited to see Doctor Strange in the I next Avengers movie. <laughs> I don't really think, I don't think, I mean, our love aside, I don't think Tilda Swinton and Benedict Cumberbatch are really a draw for box office. They are for critical acclaim. But what was the last movie that, that Benedict Cumberbatch was a star in? Star Trek Into Darkness, he's really not the star. I mean, he's the That's, bad guy. And I and I think that it's I don't know, it's it's, interesting. If you look at all the Marvel movies, they, they're, you know... What was that movie where he played Julian Assange? Oh, yeah. Ooh. That, <laughs> that, that, nobody that saw was a that. movie. Yeah, nobody saw that. No. What know. was that called? It's, it's interesting. I mean, and, and it's interesting to me that it's like, it's a, it's a late fall movie, which is really usually, you know, right before, right before Star Wars... And after, and you know, in the middle of Oscar season, it's gonna be. It's not big movie time, really. But it I always November. Felt like that's a that's a push, you know. Maybe it's good. Yeah. Well. <laughs> what if Rogue One just fucking fails? Oh, Can you imagine? God, that'd be sad. That would be sad. See, that's what that's something I would be interested to see with their box office too, because you obviously have a big fan base that made Episode Seven so great. So if episode if Rogue One is good, I feel like you can have a repeat of that. But if it's bad, you'll be able to see it. it's because it's bad and people didn't go see it multiple yeah, times. Yeah, that'll be a litmus test for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did step away well, from Wait, you yes. guys are telling me that you didn't go see Ben Hur starring Jack Houston? <laughs> oh but you know what this is like And Morgan ben Freeman and fake dreads. <laughs> ben Hur blows my mind. And actually, you know what will be a real litmus test? Act? Well, Maybe not. It's just Magnificent Seven to me is like one that blows my mind because that's not a franchise movie, really. It's a it's a remake of an Akira Kurosawa film in the sixties. It's a remake of a remake, it's a, of and a this is a remake of that. <laughs> and no no one our age knows Magnificent Seven. No one fucking knows what that I is. I know it in the way that no one knows what Ben Hur. And Ben Hur is not really because it's a biblical time story, but it's it's not really a franchise movie either. But they remade it, quote unquote. I mean. What studios are thinking? I mean, who the fuck is sitting in a room being like, "We should remake Cleopatra"? Like <laughs> they've been trying to do that for years. I don't, but no one cares. Like it's yeah. not it's not hitting the market that they think they're hitting. Right. I don't know. And 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 Magnificent Seven is going to be an interesting. I think that movie looks good. I'm a fan of the original. I'm a fan of the Kurosawa film. I'm excited for this movie. I just from a box office standpoint, I don't see it making any money because. You can Chris Pratt might bring people to the theater. Denzel I don't Washington. I don't think Denzel, Denzel brings people to the theater. Like oh, you you're wrong. okay. You're wrong. I think you're. I think you're wrong because what was the a last certain demographic loves Denzel what was the, Washington? What was the, but what was the <laughs> last big? What was the last big Denzel success? You look guys look. We say this all the time. Look it up. Everyone says. Well, yeah. What is it? 
He's no. looking people at like, all Denzel films off the top of my head. People say this all the, <laughs> the time. The equalizer. That, that, that star power is no longer a thing. It's all about brand names. And there's no brand. MGM's not a brand name. Magnificent Seven's not a brand name. People don't see that and want to go. Well, I'm being. You know what? But you're you but make you're, a good point because I think critical success combined with stars is what makes a successful movie. Because if and Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah, that right. Thing is if it. if Denzel, you know, obviously, maybe Denzel and Chris Pratt are going to draw people initially. Some people will go because yeah. People will go like me. Chris Pratt like, I want to see this because it's a Western and it's an action movie and it's a remake of a movie I like. I, uh, the other people say, I love Denzel. I want to see it. Other people say, I love Chris Pratt. He's funny. I want to see it. And then there'll be people who are like, who gives a fuck? But if something comes out, if it comes out and the reviews are, you know, like, wow, this is a lot of fun. It's exciting. Uh, well acted. A great action movie. People are going to flock to it. Yeah. They, I mean, like, yes. Right. And then they're going to see it again. I think we're all saying that it's because of movies, good or bad, is what people are going to see now. With the internet, the internet helps. Reviews are in so quick. The reviews are in so quick. The internet helps and hurts a movie. The internet, if the reviews are bad, nobody's going to see a movie. I'd like to read you guys the last Denzel Washington film since Inside Man, which I fucking love that movie, which I don't think did good box office wise, but. Anyway, you're going to read us the films yes. and then tell us where they were on opening weekend. Well, that's, that's that not that is not a, that is does not really. I can if you want me to go through it. I might want you to do Inside that. Inside Man, Deja Vu, American Gangster. Gangster was definitely number one when it came out. Mm, Probably maybe. for a week. Mm-hmm. Great Debaters. Never heard of it. Taking <laughs> of Pelham one two three. Nobody I saw, saw that. Midnight as a, I don't know why. The Book of Eli. Unst- uh, I saw that. That went. That, that was, was number, number one. one. That was number Un- one. Unstoppable. Safe House. Flight. Safe House? I don't Flight know. Oscar nomination. Flight Oscar nomination. Yeah, but nobody That's saw That's a it. box office hit. I, Flight was a box office hit. Nah, I don't think so. For the price it was made for and how much money it made, it was definitely a box office hit. And it was well-reviewed. <laughs> nobody can fly a plane upside down, Colin. This bullshit, I don't I, believe it. <laughs> I fucking love Flight that movie. Flight grossed $93 million. Whoa. Did not see that. Am I right? <laughs> I don't. I mean, that's not a box office for a it. drama. It's huge. Yeah, I can't imagine that making or being costs more than sixty million, seventy million. Then you got the Equalizer movies, which are also Antoine. okay. Fuck so off. he's he's successful. I, mm-hmm. I I just don't. I don't think he's the draw. That I don't think. We'll any, I don't think. Any, I don't think. I don't think very many actors are what they were. We will see the way that people would go see a Denzel Washington movie when it came out in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they even greenlit Ben Hur though. <laughs> yeah. Like Ben Hur is considered probably like one of the first epic action movies back in the sixties yeah, with Charlton sure, Heston. Yeah, sure. You 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 make a remake and you think like yeah well, let's remake it first of all bad idea because you nobody cares about sword and sandal movies anymore. If Clash of the Titans will tell you anything. There was a gladiator God came image. out like 16 years ago yeah. and they're still trying to like cash in on that like feel um the they start they they get jack houston to play the title character nobody knows who that is he's in a heineken commercial and he's in boardwalk empire and he has half a face in boardwalk empire so you don't recognize oh. him at all hey, colin just realized who that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah he plays richard harrow Oh, um, should show up his full face. Yeah. 
and nobody else is in it but Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman isn't a draw. I do like Morgan Freeman, but yeah, it's but not he's a draw. not a draw unless he's playing a god. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a bad idea. Bad idea. Stupid. It seemed to come out of nowhere too. I feel like the ads started and then the day before. Yeah, like the, like oh <laughs> shit, blitz. Yeah. All right. All right. We did go away from the franchise movie this week in reviewing our, our movie of the week. We did. Uh, we we all went and saw a film that uh, is in select theaters called Don't Think Twice, <coughs> directed by and written by Mike Birbiglia. It's simply about an improv group in New York that uh, the, the the place that they do improv is closing down, and one of their uh, one of the members of the group kind of hits it big, and it goes from there. Um, I saw it at the Royal Oak Main Art Theater. Is it playing anywhere else? I think in Ann Arbor. Maybe, yeah, somewhere else. But it's a, it's a smaller film, but it's, a lot of people have been talking about it. Um, I, was, I was actually surprised when I told people who were reviewing this movie how many people were either A, excited to see it, or have seen it and, and really were interested in what I had to say. Um, because it is an interesting movie, I think, in terms of like discussion. Um, Mike Birbiglia... What do we know about? What do we know about him? I mean, people, I guess, know who he is. I, I didn't know who he was. He is in. Most people probably know him from Orange Is the New Black. Okay, is that okay? Maybe he that's plays why. a character in one of the seasons. Oh. Um, he directed Sleepwalk with Me. He's in Trainwreck. He plays uh, her sister's husband. Oh, okay, yes. That's um, coming back to me. The re- the guy who's wearing the sweater and she's <laughs> just like really nice. Um. He directed and starred in Sleepwalk with me, his first film, which I saw when I went to Sundance that one year. And he happened to be there and do, to do a Q&A after. And I attended this movie's premiere in Detroit, and he was there with Keegan-Michael Key and did a Q&A. Oh, this movie? Yep. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Oh. I didn't know you did that. I, mean, yeah. I, I think you want, I don't know if I heard about it. Was that cool? You, you it was saw cool, it? yeah. Well, unfortunately, the whoever organized the Q&A, like, Shots being sh- fired. It was kind of shitty because like we only got like a few questions to be able to ask, and the pa- the theater was packed. I mean, everybody loved it, and um, but there just wasn't enough time for questions, and they kind of like shoot us out. And then they had a Q and A anyway. It was dumb. Regardless, <laughs> regardless, he also has an amazing stand up special. He's a stand up comedian first and foremost, who is more of a storyteller than a joke teller. And his stand-up special is called My Girl, My Girlfriend's Boyfriend, which is centers around a story where he goes to a party with his girlfriend or a family party of his girlfriend's, his girlfriend's family, and a guy shows up and it's her boyfriend. So he is like, it's extremely awkward right. and unfortunate, but he is a master storyteller. He does like the moth and stuff. Um, highly recommend that. I'll I'll put that in my recommendations, uh, but he's now a pretty accomplished and well revered film director and writer. Um, Ira Glass also produced this, so right, right. Well, <laughs> guys, what did we think of it? Let's go around, uh, Callan. Don't think twice. Not to be mistaken with the Donald Trump documentary. Don't think at all. <laughs> what did you think of this movie? Um, hear me out. 
I wasn't a huge, huge fan of this movie. And um, and I don't think it's because of the acting and the way it was directed. Um, and nothing about it um, was that offensive to me except uh, this movie's characters. And I think we'll get into it a lot. But um, it was, to me, this was kind of a chore to watch for me. And I don't know if it's because I was tired when I watched this, but I didn't find this movie very funny. And uh, um, I can respect kind of what it's saying, but it just didn't ring with me. And I felt it was, um, I don't know, just kind of a kind of a miss for me. Um, I don't know. I think we'll get into it in about specifics there. But um, on first impression, um, I didn't love it. Mitch, because I think I'll be maybe in between both of you, <coughs> not only in the room here, but <laughs> thing. Um, well, I will agree that it's not that funny, and I mean it is, but it's not like a comedy. It's yeah. more of a drama before it's a comedy. Um, but I really, really like this movie. Um, not only because I do improv and I'm kind of involved in the comedy community, learning and, um, you know. Doing at Planet Ant. At the Planet Ant Theater, which Key. they, you know, which Keegan Michael Key founded, right. and um, Mike Birbiglia and him did a like workshop for the Planet Ant home team, and um, they've been around and uh, they're a part of the community, so it's it's pretty fun to be kind of a part of that. Um, <clears throat> I found this movie to be pretty true to life. Um, you'd be lying if you, I feel you'd be lying if you didn't feel the way. The characters felt when um, Mike Keegan Michael Key's character made it mm. big. Um, if you had friends who have done something amazing and are doing things that are amazing, if you didn't feel a little jealous that you know what's going on with me, why can't I be there? I mean, <clears throat> to an extent, because um, all these people are talented. Mm. All these like characters are very talented improvisers and comedians, and to see and go through that crisis of what am I doing wrong? You know, like why aren't things working out for me? Like all of them don't really feel like this character is that funny. Um, so that's why there's a lot of envy and jealousy with everyone. But I thought it was very true to life in that sense. Uh, the characters were well, it's well acted and it was like really smart and kind of heart wrenching. Um, and depressing but also hopeful in a, in a way because everybody kind of figures themselves out and like what where they belong you know not everybody has to be famous in order right, to be right. there's that line in it it's like i just don't want my dad to think i was a failure and it's like you're not a failure you're who you are so right. he's kind of a failure he's selling hummus at a <laughs> I think you missed deli. the point, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Not to disrespect any hummus sellers. At, at no, no, but if when you're thirty something and doing that, <laughs> um, I'll say that uh, I just did it again. I said I'll say. Um, my initial thoughts of this film is probably in between both of you. Like I said, I think that I enjoyed it a lot. I think it is heart-wrenching. I think it was not funny, and it was not intended to be funny. And I do think I did feel the like the moments of weight in this movie that are ma- meant to make you feel sad. I did feel sad. 
Um, I, I thought it was some of it was confusingly paced, or like there's points that they there's like plot points that they don't really develop, which kind of was frustrating. It's not a very long movie; it's like an hour and a half, and I, I, this could have been another 15 minutes. I think they could have spent some more time with the dad plot line. They could have spent some more time with the Michael Briglia's character and his new girlfriend's plot line. I think that could have been developed too. So I think there's a little lack of story development. <coughs> Um, but really, the, the reason I'm not like this is amazing rather than how I think, which is that this is a good movie, is that I, I have a tough time figuring out. A week, it's been a week since I've seen it. No, it's been. God damn it, what day is it? It's been four days since I've seen it. <laughs> and uh, I have a tough time figuring out, like, what is it really trying to say? And if it is saying what I think maybe it's saying, do I agree with that? Like, <clears throat> what is it saying? Well, I think we'll, we'll get into that. So let's, and we'll talk about the film. Now that we have our, our, our and uh, begin, begin. <laughs> First, let's just let's give a Detroit shout out to Keegan Michael Key, of course, who we've we've well documented is from the area, and also um, Aaron Dark Key Dark, who's the, I don't know how to pronounce her name. This is you know you guys know this this this, this she was oh in she it played Natasha. a little bit she played the the student yeah she's um she's from Flint I think oh and she's this is uh, correct me if I'm wrong this is uh, I don't know if they're still dating but uh, Daniel Radcliffe's oh uh, oh right? really I didn't know that yeah. I thought I thought Daniel Radcliffe was just dating some Flint girl <laughs> no I could be completely wrong here but I think that this is her oh and okay that she was born in the Flint area and oh. so there's some Michigan blood in this film and uh, it's pretty awesome it's pretty cool okay. um, anyways uh this film deals a lot with, with, you know, I guess what you're saying, Mitch, which is that you know, a group, uh, one person from a group becomes famous and the rest of them are kind of jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that has to do in this film. There's a, there's a, there's a fictional TV show in this, in this film <laughs> called Weekend Live, which is clearly supposed to be Saturday Night Live. I enjoyed, I thought, poking fun of parts of Saturday Night Live. I also found it weird and a little it's strange that, like, not strange, but there's like there's comments in this movie that lead me to believe, and that's that's fine. That like Mike Birbiglia has a real big angst against Saturday Night Live to the oh, point yeah. where he doesn't actually think it was ever funny. I, I like I, I I see that in the characters. I probably believe that he believes that. And off the bat, as a big fan of Saturday Night Live, it's like I love see I love I love Saturday Night right. Live. I think there's a lot of talent that goes through there and a lot of um, hard work that's put into it. But I do like his point that's like, that's the big question is, was it ever funny? You just think it was funny when you were younger because you didn't know any better. Maybe, but like, you know, like Chris Farley, I believe is like the funniest person to ever walk the earth. And like John Belushi was like one of the funniest people to ever walk the earth. And like, I don't think that, I really don't believe that it's a nostalgic thing. I think like, because I think most kids today could watch Chris Farley do his thing and they would laugh regardless, you know. And Will, know. Will, even more recently too, Will Ferrell. A lot I'm, of I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not capping it at those. I, I, I know, but I'm just like saying just, that, like, there's been so much talent that's gone through exactly Saturday Night Live. I know, Dana you know Carvey, Eddie Murphy, right? Tracy Morgan. It's always, it's always been funny. My point is, is I think it's always been funny. I think it's just, you're so used to, you're nostalgic to the times of when everything was nice and, and you didn't have much responsibility and you laughed on a Saturday night and now you're like, that's not as funny. I'm mad. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like if you showed anyone sweaty balls, they would find that funny. Right. 
But so maybe it's not. Maybe that's not. And it doesn't matter if that's what he believes or whatever. But I'm just saying maybe the point is look. Maybe I think what Colin might get to is that maybe the point is that these people are kind of selfish and like not Losers. really seeing it the way that they should be seeing it. Maybe I think maybe, but that's maybe what they learn later. You, you, they they're so set on wanting to get to Weekend Live that they do not realize that there are other ways to express themselves in comedy and in art and in entertainment. Entertain. I, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because entertainment and I, I agree the culture you, yeah. is competitive, super competitive. Is I mean, I will I will say that the improv scene and comedy scene in Detroit is not like this at all. Like everyone like is su- not cutthroat. Everybody's super supportive. Not everyone is trying to make it. Um, we just like making people laugh and we like if you make it that's fine i mean sam richardson tim robinson um mary beth monroe tons of people have gone out and made it relatively made it gig michael key they've all done things and but they still love coming back here and everybody's super supportive of each other and it's a good community nobody's like you know trying to win and nobody gets jealous of each other because i know people who are just as funny who choose to stay here and teach and be a part of this community. Well, I, I so do you think that this movie, <clears throat> other than Mike Brigular, probably, I don't, I guess I don't really know, but having done improv throughout his life, do you think this is a movie about specifically like how, th- that being said, like how improv troops might act or how the, the community right. in New York might be? Or is it just like, anyone who ever wanted to do something good in art has this problem where like they want to be famous because they want to be recognized, but they don't want to be famous because they think the, they think that what's out there and it's popular is shit. You know what I mean? Do you think it's that? Do you think it's it's like, do you think it's like, this is about improv and like how improv people act? I want to say it's like that because I feel like he's writing from experience. A lot of experience. Right. That's I will I, say that's that. I, that's what I got from yeah. the film. I will say, though, that I don't think Mike Birbiglia has a background in improv. Oh, you, besides I mean, you yeah. besides knowing people in improv, okay. I don't think he's really a student or a okay. expert in improvisation. Yeah, my, more of a stand-up. Yeah, but I think he clearly has a respect for them because he doesn't really critique his characters, I think, as harshly as they deserve to be critiqued. Right. That was kind they're, of my problem. They're not, they're not, they're not putting a bad light, even though. I, they really but I think that's up be. to you. No. Cause I, I think his character is a shitty person. Yeah. But they and don't and really... I think, and I also think Keegan Michael Key's character is a shitty person. No. And I, no, and I wait. <laughs> no, I, I do think he's a shitty person cause he doesn't put the group first. He sells people out on stage and he completely, goes for himself, which is a no-no in improv. He so go- you see, this, you think it's about improv. <clears throat> right. Like more than it is about but, just any artistry and like wanting to right, move on. I guess, but it is it is applicable to every profession and every, whether it's entertainment or, you know, sales or whatever. You, you get to that point uh, as a group. Like they all got to that point as a group. And then... The second that they hear that there's a, somebody in the industry in the crowd, he throws his group to the side to do an impression of Barack Obama. That's yeah. good enough to get him an audition. Maybe like that was shitty. <clears throat> it is shitty, and it's that's shitty. Yeah, but it's shitty because he's not. Sam by the also ru- got uh, a call from doing 
whatever right, but she, she didn't was. sell anybody out. She didn't. She wasn't selfish. Yeah, but maybe he knew like, hey, all these people are going to be fuck this shit up and not even go to their audition. I'm going to make them a name for myself. But and I guess stand out here. Maybe that's the point is he was worried about himself when he should have been worried about the group and making everyone because the whole point of improv is to make your partner and your group look good mm-hmm. not to make yourself look good you're supposed to support each other and he threw that out the window the second he thought that he could be famous and there are shots of him on the back line like waiting for his opportunity and really like looking for that way to to derail the scene essentially and Give him like Mike Birbiglia's character says a one man audition. So I would say that I would say that hearing from you, I, I believe more that this is actually a movie specifically about improv and improv characteristics because I I don't it is like any other profession every other job but the difference between improv and like let's say film production is that you're not live on stage and have to do it to prove yourself in a, in most professions there's slow intricate ways of proving yourself to other people while being part of a group whereas like if you were in uh if you're in a consulting firm you can you can prove yourself to a superior that you know there is recruiting for another company by going out and talking with them at a coffee shop you know what i'm saying like right. to be improv you have to be on stage with other people and you do have to kind of show that you're better than everyone else yeah it's kind of like the best way to show you're better team, than everyone else is by making the person you're on stage with look good, though. Right. If they just would have talked beforehand and be like, hey, each of us is going to get a 30-second thing to do their own thing. That's okay. not how improv works, though. Maybe it should when there's someone important in the audience. I, I think we're getting, to, we're getting to a consensus that, yeah, I think this movie is about, in the way that like Whiplash to me is not about drumming, like... Rocky is not about boxing to me, but like I feel like this movie is saying this is like this is what this community can be like. Not I th- this yeah, way. I think this is what the comedy and entertainment community can be like. Most, but more specifically, improv. But I think there are still tons of aspects to this movie that you can apply to other industries and, 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 and other. And I think the jealousy thing is there. I mean, I, I think, like you said, I think a lot of people feel that way for sure. When you see someone, not this extreme. Though. Not this. I wouldn't say this extreme. Especially to someone you're dating. I think more entertainment. More entertainment. And more like... Yeah. You know. No, you're right. And I think there's, there, is, there is themes in this movie of settling that I think a lot of people can not necessarily agree with but can have been there. I mean, there's this whole point. And this actually, this, this is the point of the movie that got me kind of the most emotionally but also like rationally thinking about it later. I'm like, but God damn it, what the fuck? It was when she's you know on stage alone which first of all would the show even go on at that point? Maybe, but it's happened, <laughs> right? I'm sure. But you One know, where, she, where, where she's like pantomiming in a well, and Keegan Michael Key, her former boyfriend, comes out, or you know, current or whatever. I don't know where they really stood, but and, she, and they're they're acting on stage, and she goes, "And maybe I do want to be in the well." Which, but she's saying to him, "You go do and be famous. I'm okay and cool with you know, leveling Staying. off here and teaching, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not sure I understood the character in the context of the movie." But like I did relate, I related to that, and I think a lot of people relate to that, which is like I don't have to go out and like be on a podcast that's listened to by five thousand people a week. I, I'm cool with fifty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, that's fine. Are we at fifty? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> for suicide, growing up. But uh, I, I, I I'm just saying that like I understand that thematically. I didn't really understand Samantha's character. Like I don't. 
I never saw that she would think that way. Mm-hmm. She was other a, than she ran away from home. Yeah, she ran away from home that's to like be a, a ballet dancer. Tidbit that's like not really developed. Oh. It's told. It's not shown, and I didn't really understand it. I kind of felt. I really did feel bad for me, Keegan Michael Key, <laughs> because fuck, support your boyfriend. Like yes, like, <laughs> but I think the problem is he wanted her to be something she didn't want to be. Uh, I, I mean, never she, got the fact that he was pressuring her yeah. to do anything. I would say so. Okay, this is now this is like on a a beliefs level that we're getting into here. But I would say in some in the character of Samantha's character in this movie, who like if you I don't know if you're listening this far and you haven't seen the movie, but she she has an opportunity to have an audition for Weekend Live Saturday Night Live, and she ends up not going to the audition at all. Because she's having doubts about whether she really wants to be that person, right? Yeah. My parents are living. The, my parents are listening to be so proud. My grandfather always used to say, "You never turn down a job you haven't been offered." If she goes to the audition and she gets the job offer, she can still say, "You know, I don't really want to be that person." So to not even have the opportunity to me is not. That's not. That's not having self-reflection. That's not having the balls to do it. You know what I mean? And that's a weird... I didn't mm-hmm. see that in that character at all at that point. I don't know. That was my weird part about it. I wish... I really... I, it would have been different if she did the audition and she saw the people in the room and was like, you know what? That's not me. It's weird that she didn't go. Yeah. That's strange. And then she has such a strong opinion on it for right. not even right. trying. It's kind of a closed-mindedness. Yeah. That surprised me. Not that I don't agree with, but it surprised me because she's a very open, active character the whole first half of the movie. I would say I think it just wasn't a lifestyle she wanted. I think she she comes across to me. I've seen it twice, just so I may have picked up on things. Yeah, that and you I'm may have sure. Missed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it com- it comes across to me that she is more comfortable with being a part of the community of improvisers rather than being a famous improviser she would rather because she bonds with the young the young improvised improviser students toward the end of the film she's like wants to be a teacher and she's hanging out with them and trying to get them to like trying to be a part of their their world i can see that she's like i get that i totally i mean yeah i like i think that teaching something is there's nothing more satisfying personally like i think that's but that's think, not her only profession, right? Well, they don't really uh, touch she's on a hostess. Oh, She's that. a hostess, but she's that's saying. not important. I mean, she's just doing that to make money. Right. She, Her real pra- passion is improvised comedy. I, I mean, know. it's to me, it, I, you know, it is, it's a totally dis- different belief system. It's like, if I'm going to try to be an improv comedian, I want to try to be the best and get to the highest level. I mean, that's just, but who that's says, just me personally. Who says Weekend Live is the highest level of comedy? It, so, I mean, so again, this is a beliefs yeah. thing to me. I mean, it's like... if I mean, I think if you talk to any like real stand-up person, they say, and you say, <laughs> tell them, like, oh, would you be on SNL like, given the chance? I feel like they would all say yes. I don't know about that. <sighs> I don't know. I would imagine a lot Unless of people who have successful. I would imagine like, a lot of people who have tried out for SNL are happy they didn't get the job. And I, yeah, right, th- that's right. Di- yeah, yeah. I, I, right. I'm, there I, are other ways to 
be a successful comedian, you do not have to go to SNL. Well, yeah, we, for sure. And I, I, I think, I think, I don't think I, I think I can speak for everyone in this room and most everyone ever. I mean, we're all twenty six, almost, and like the way life is, is like I would never trade anything for what I have. I really wouldn't. But like, like I wouldn't. But I did think I was gonna. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> this is a therapy session. Here. No, it's not therapy session. I'm just saying that, like, you always, like, everyone as a kid wants to be famous. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you want to be famous. But you want to be recognized for your hard work or your talents. Yeah. Or what you think your talents are. And I'm, I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, of course, we're all okay with not being that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a different world. Right. But have given the opportunity, giving like a, given like a really good, like, if, you're given the opportunity to try out for something you've always wanted. And if it's my, that's what, and if it's like what I'm dedicating my life to, right? right. I'm but they, but they never because I want to be an improv, yeah. right? But they never say that Sam's Sam's goal is to be an SNL type caliber no, comedian probably not. in the world. Also, I guess it should be. I mean, SNL is not really improv. No, no it's not it's, at all. It's all scripted. So it's, it's scripted like, and it's. And we'll get into. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I love it, but it is not. I, mean, I don't. To it, be honest, they, I they like, rely way too hard on cue cards. Well, that's because of constantly being changed. Yeah, right. but still. Uh, but I, I think that. I think that just each character in this movie has. Things that they want and things that they think they want, and what they think they want isn't truly what they realize they want at the end. All these characters think they want to to make it and go to weekend live. Um, the only one who truly want, the only ones who truly want that it seems are Keegan-Michael Key's character and Mike Birbiglia's character. Right. And Keegan-Michael Key's character wants it because he seems to want to be famous. Yeah. And Mike Birbiglia's character wants it because he wants to prove validation. himself. Yeah. It's yeah. validation. He's sick of being a teacher and stuff. He He's kind of, He's insecure with his own, like he's, very, he's obviously he's insecure extremely guy. insecure, and he basically he falls back and kind of settles for like falling in love with someone and raising a kid somewhere instead of, and in, instead of like working hard to get to that place. He doesn't put he doesn't put in the hard work really. He right. expects people to carry him to it, right. and he's always talking about when he he auditioned for it back in the day and he was he was inches away from from being on that show but he doesn't know and in the whole movie people are like no you, you really weren't that close. yeah you weren't that close right. and there's that client the climax of them falling apart is an intense scene where they're all like ripping on each other's insecurities and like it was what's so the, frustrating why was it who did you count who did you like Dude, was there a character in this movie i liked Lindsay. Was that the writer who gets who uh-huh. she gets she gets Tammy Sager's the character? fact that they were so pissed that she submitted a writing sample and got like a call for it pissed me so fucking off. <coughs> yeah, no, like, I I would agree. I mean, how dare you guys critique this woman who's like was, clearly worked her ass off on her own to prove herself right. and she got it. Like, right. be happy you submitted a writing sample too. Hers was better. Deal with it. Yeah, write something new. Submit it. No, I agree. She, I mean, she she says that she's like, 
I didn't exactly. That's why I was like, fuck yeah, I love this woman. Yeah. She's like, I submitted a writing sample and it was good. That's why I got the job. Yeah. And then they rip on her for her work ethic, which and, has its valid points, but... No. But she she got the job because she was funny. Right. And yeah, that's what right. comedy is. And when that one guy said everything was handed to you, I was like, fuck, fuck all these people. It was so frustrating. Well, everybody gets super frustrated with each other. And it's it's disappointing because they're such close friends that they, like, obviously these have been bothering them about each other for so long. And then finally when someone gets famous. Which I think is like, my, I found it really unrealistic that they, they would constantly be hanging out with each other. Like, constantly. That's true. Because it doesn't seem like they really love each other that much but i guess you do also see like i did I mean, like, you feel that way about I, your family members I, too i mean but, yeah <laughs> but i'm not working with my family members yeah like you're not around them like i like i'm like Mitch, consider, you're, you're in the improv how like often do you hang out with not much but i wouldn't consider improv work it's yeah, play yeah no but you're right but again through the movie it does seem like this is all they do like you, yeah. you don't really get a sense of their life outside of it but also, I did like the scene a lot where Samantha is teaching the next generation, so to speak, and she's watching them have fun mm -hmm. and hang out and just be friends. And there's this kind of like sadness in her eyes of like, we used to be like that. But I do get the sense that they did, they were really close. They did love hanging out with each other. Maybe it's a product of being around each other too much. Mm -hmm. But Maybe. I did, I, I like that the way that he showed that scene was really well done. Who'd you, from performance standpoints, I mean, who did you, who did you guys like or not like? I thought they were all great. I, I did too. I think the acting in this yeah. movie is really top notch, mm -hmm. and I don't know really any of these people. Yeah. I Samantha, what's her name? Gillian Jacobs. Yeah, what, I mean, it's, I, I recognize in girls. She's in love. Yeah, that too. She's amazing in love. You should watch. Love. That's the Netflix show. Yep, the okay. John Apatow show. She was in a few episodes of Girls. Okay, so people people do know her. Yeah. I'm just the lame. -o. Yeah, she's. She's good. Kate Micucci is part of Garfunkel and Oates. Mm -hmm. She's also that. I've always Scrubs. wanted to watch that show and I haven't. My, um, my former roommate, uh, when I lived in LA, worked on that show and he is in the show as the nice. photo of Kate Micucci. It's either Kate Micucci or, um, or um, Ricky Lindholm's father. Nice. <laughs> as he's like holding these like puppets it's hilarious i'll find the picture for you after this but uh she's great um tammy sager's great chris gethard was amazing in this i was really surprised like i know he's they're all talented improvisers um i was really surprised by his performance but they were all amazing like there was nobody that i was disappointed mm -hmm. in everybody played their character perfectly yeah and i thought keegan michael key i mean i don't I know he's done like serious stuff before, but I, I was really, really impressed. I don't know if I've ever seen him do something like this before. Yeah, I don't think so. Where like he usually does like, like really side, he's, you know, he's like kind of goofy a, stuff. Yeah, and he's kind of the antagonist of this film in a way. Like he's yeah. kind of the, the closest thing to a bad guy, rather than everyone. <laughs> on, I mean, I mean, he, he's presented that way. He I is know, presented that I way. Know. Yeah, he kind of his his greed, I guess you could say, for being famous, kind of destroys the group. Yeah, I, I really I just again I don't know if I like the way he's presented, but I do like the character and I like his performance a lot. Like mm -hmm. 
He's great. I mean, I think we saw Keanu. We saw Tomorrowland. I don't think we've seen him in anything else in this podcast. He was in but, Tomorrowland. <laughs> right? One of them was. I think they both. It's the shop owner. Were. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was like an alien he, he or was. something. A he bad was. guy. Yeah. I thought he's he was great. I just have to say he's great. Mr. <laughs> Keegan, if you ever want to be I on this podcast, we <laughs> have you more than we deserve. But <laughs> I just love him. I'm, I'm excited to see where his career is going to go from here. He's good. Other thoughts on uh, Don't Think Twice? I hated that they were all on all the time. Like, they constantly, like, felt like they had to, like, do voices and be creative. That's like, do scenarios. How it is. I'm sure that's so, how it is. I know, I know is, that's how it is, sure but how I was fucking is. tired of seeing it. Now, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I, I, I they're just be, they're being fun. themselves, but yeah. I I can tell a difference between when someone is being on all the time and when someone's being themselves. And you're right, be someone who is on all the time is a fucking yeah. chore, <laughs> an extreme chore. It's I, like, all right, yeah, I can't deal with this. I, I I mean, I liked it. I mean, it's like, uh, like when they you know when someone walks in and says something that everyone else repeats it, repeats it, repeats it. Like yeah. that was it was cute. I like that. Like, I like the part where. Where Chris got so Chris Gethard's character's dad gets in a motorcycle. Yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah. And when they yes. were, he was he was like, "All right, Dad, I'll see you. You know, I'm gonna go back to New York." And he's like, "Thank you." You know, he's like half in a coma, and they just start. They're in the car. They just start making fun of. Yeah, the I was trying to do like the best impression. Yeah. Of them, yeah. <laughs> that no, was, it was that more, was good. Come on, yeah. it was more like. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> but the the one that like really bugged me is when. Samantha and Jack were like sitting like on a pier or something and they were like doing voices like to each other. I'm yeah. like, this is so disgusting. Like I wanted to vomit. <laughs> and then that vomit in, in her mouth in that vomit kiss one. I was like, I'm fucking over this. <laughs> I like, I like the relate. I like the relationship. I, I liked it until I realized it's that different it was, because it was over. It's different because like, like couples act like that when they're not improvising. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, voices and talkie talkie and like acting you know mm-hmm. what i mean so like if it, if they if i knew they weren't improv artists they'd be like oh that's cute because they're really fucking in love mm-hmm. but it didn't see maybe they're not maybe that's the point they really weren't and they were just acting maybe that's that's what's going on but it was a little off-putting because they are acting and you know they're trying to like kind of one-up each other yeah acting, and, that's kind of weird. and i hate couples so <laughs> that too. ever at anywhere yeah <laughs> no. I actually I hate PDA. That's that's a big, oh yeah yeah it's yeah. a big I hate, thing I hate. I hate PDA. I'm just thinking of a acronym that's not public display of affection. No, it's the worst. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, right. Public discourse advice. <laughs> hate it. Uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> Going off a, a little bit what I what I said earlier um, about Berkeley's script not being too um, harsh or honest with his characters as it needed to be, I, I and I I disagree. I no, I th- think some of these characters need a real big fucking dose of reality. <laughs> that's not life. Isn't he writes like very realistic stories in the sense that like you're not going to get a traditional structure of like, oh, he's going to get smacked up across the head so he realizes how much of a dick he's being. Like, he's a dick and that's it. Like, 
you it's up to he doesn't he doesn't spell it out for his audience it's up for the audience to figure out how they feel about these characters yeah yeah but i mean one i think off that point it this movie falls into so many like cliches and tropes that so many other uh comedic dramas have i mean there wasn't a thing that shocked me in it other than these characters like i think ridiculous reaction to situations but the i i don't think he's i think Berbiglia himself has so much respect for people in improv that he is too much of a like admiring observer to actually give harsh criticism to some of these characters that need it and i think that's a weakness in the script but see, I would for argue, me personally, I, I get it. I, I'd argue that they criticize each other, though. I mean, they say it in that that part. They it's do. Like, they really. I mean, they do. You're. But there's you no. Know, one. You have no work ethic. Yeah. You live in your parents' basement. You go to therapy two times a week. You don't work hard for anything. You've coasted. Yeah. You are Mike Birbiglia's character. Thinks he was amazing. Doesn't work hard. Sleeps with every want, student. Sleeps with his students. Wants to be what he used to be, but doesn't try. Um, the only really person who doesn't deserve any criticism is Gillian's character, Gillian Jacobs' character. Uh. But Chris Githard is thinks he's a failure all the time. He is insecure. Uh, Kate Micucci's character destroys her good work. She's insecure. She doesn't. She's been working on her graphic novel for eight years she doesn't trust in herself and then finally all these characters start to realize she tur- she sends in her book finally to like be reviewed for publishing. really she's the good guy right yeah she, she, she's i guess that's my point that you're right they do all criticize each other and then therefore michael briglio does criticize the characters in the film but like i'm trying like who are you I, and you don't necessarily need this in any movie but like who are you rooting for in this movie and that's the that's like I think you end up like rooting you, you, for everyone in a sense. I mean, for their own, because you—they're all real to the sense that they're there themselves. So you're rooting for them to get what they want. You're not rooting for someone to lose. I mean, you want—you want Keegan's character to be happy and pursue what he wants through Weekend Live. You want Tammy Sager's character to pursue what she wants as a writer, as a comedian through Weekend Live. You want Kate Micucci to. To discover herself as a comic book artist. I feel like the again though, I feel like the filmmakers are they they want you to not want Keegan Michael Key to succeed. I feel like there's like there's like a I think I think it's more passive. I don't think you want him you're right, I don't think you you probably don't want him to succeed, but you just want him you want the character to be. To move on. Yeah, to just be it's be what it is. Keegan Michael B. <laughs> It's a very passive. It's a like you know. It's like a zoo type thing. You're just watching like these characters. You're not rooting right. for anyone really. Yeah, but I off of the thing you said earlier, they all when they all criticize themselves. That was to me a problem because like they're neither none of them are in a place where Point they have the moral high ground yeah. of above anyone else because they're all a loser in some fucking way, <laughs> except for Lindsay. 
Well, she's a loser. I don't fucking think she is. She is a it's loser. not her fault she was born wealthy. No, that's not her fault, but it is her fault that she still lives with her parents yeah, and smokes weed every like, day. Who the fuck? That's her... <laughs> she's like, no, no. At least hey, she applied hey God, for a job God. and got it. I'm not, I'm not criticizing her, but if going up against the guy who does work at a store and sells hummus, I'm more with the guy who sell, works at a store and sells yeah, hummus. because at least he's working. But I'm not, she I'm was not too, she, she wasn't she was, working. She was a copywriter. And we don't know how long she's been. She was fired or something from that. But she was a copywriter, a copy editor for uh, something. Some, yeah. Something. And we don't know how long she was fired. But in that time she was fired, she was smoking and being creative and writing her shit. And she's afforded that opportunity yeah, yeah, from yeah. her actual job of work and her life. And her so, parents, who are extremely wealthy. And oh, well, so be it. Her, if basement. she's getting her job done <laughs> and being successful, what's the problem? No, you're right. I mean, I'm not going to fault her for it. Just... Another thing that pissed me off. Yeah. There's no fucking way the successful businesswoman would fall for miles. We don't know. I don't know if she's, she's a, a writer. Is she. She was in town on business. I she's, don't know she's much successful. about her. In fact, she was I, a writer. I missed the Brazilian thing until she was like, I'm pregnant. I like, wasn't paying attention really to her. Like, I don't it's know. It was like, so unrealistic that this successful woman who's on here for business would fall for She wasn't here on business per se, as you are thinking. She was a writer. Busy business who was Who was there like promoting her book. And, and then, then she... Like, <laughs> yeah. She, I, they are, they've been in contact since high school. My favorite moment was when she walked in. She goes, "I'm not sleeping here," and she left. Yeah, that was like, yeah. like why would she come back? Like that boggled up. <laughs> and then she like, she's like, "You're a 36 year old." Like I'm like, "Yeah, hello." Like that's, she's like 100 percent right. Why are you coming back? Maybe she needed that in her life. No, she did not. She may. She have, did not I fucking didn't... need that in her life. <laughs> Everyone needs a, a loft to sleep in every once in a while. She finds she needs it, maybe. Yeah, she's like, oh, wait, this kid's, this guy's willing to support uh, this child that I'm about to have. He's a sucker. Ugh, these characters. Ugh, I can't. All right. Um, recommend? Mitch, you recommend? Yeah, of course. I do. I do recommend this movie. Actually, I do too. Like, I think it's. I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, the criticisms that I have for it are just more for discussion. I did enjoy it. Like I wasn't chored the way you were. I, I felt like I. I was entertained, and I. I, I do. <clears throat> I think. I think if anything, as we can see, this is like a really good film for discussion, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And I actually want certain of my friends to see it so we can have this debate that we're having right now, especially on beliefs. I mean, it's a. Yeah. It's a good movie for that sort of thing. It's a real. Thoughtful movie. I mean, you come out of it. I'm. St- I still think about it. It does challenge you a little bit. Yeah. The characters. You do want to. You want to grab. Was a jump challenge. Out that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> but you do recommend it, Cal. I do recommend yeah. it. I mean, I think every other part. I think the acting is incredible in it. I love the way that the camera plays during the improv yeah, scene. It kind good. of floats around. I love all that. Yeah. I think everything looks really realistic, really lived in, really accurate. I just fucking hate these characters. And it was like watching a whiny bitches for an hour and a half. And in the last fifth, not even last 15 minutes, in the last seven minutes, we get a bookend of, oh, here we go. This is like what I actually want to see now. It did seem convenient at the end too. But I did like, because you, like you said, it is a little hopeful. 
at the end there because it's a heavy movie for the most part until the end it's kind of like it all worked out yeah <laughs> i think uh during the q a mike Birbiglia said something that was pretty interesting that was kind of wrapped up the theme of the movie in a sense that was uh art is socialism and that like everybody's working hard to get somewhere it's based on merit and you're you're helping each other and it's very community community focused but life is capitalism and they had a hard time they had a very hard time like balancing yeah. that right. with their their lives i mean strike was, everything fascist, was going up ground balls everything was right everything was going so great what <laughs> everything Stri- was going strikeouts so- are fascist ground balls are democratic <laughs> sure let the team get the out right yeah okay so, sure I get that. Uh, but yeah, in a sense, room. you're working together for the same thing. And then when someone gets it, life kicks in and you realize life is not fucking fair. Right. That's it. I mean, that's, and, yeah. I do get that from the movie. I right. do. But it's what you're going to do about when life isn't fair. That is. And I would argue that they all figure out what they're going to do. The movie is about the struggle of coming to terms with what they're going it, to it's do. Pa- it's painful to watch people struggle. Life is painful. I know. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch that in a movie. <laughs> Mitch, do you want to leave? Do you want to lead us in improv? Lead us in yeah, improv? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, you guys have no training whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I have a excuse me. I have a drink. I was, you know what? Collins that. I was okay. an award-winning actor so, in high actor. school. <laughs> okay, so basically... Does anyone have a particularly bad day today? <laughs> Yeah, so you would get. A, I did a you podcast. Would a, yeah, <laughs> you would get a suggestion, and essentially, uh, Jamie Moyer is one of my favorite. I've only done workshops with her, but she's taught me a lot in just the few workshops I've done with her. Um, shout out Jamie Moyer. She says the best way to start a, a one of the best ways to start an improv scene is a you statement. You are this. You are that. You do that. You always do that. So we'll start off. Let's do it. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be challenging because I'm not, I'm nowhere near as good as Man. anyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you. Colin. I want to win an actor. <laughs> <clears throat> it's like, so you would start. So let's, all right. You so how do we know each other? How do we know each other? How do we know each other? We're, we're brothers. We are all brothers, all of us. Throw out a word. Think of a word. Colin's the youngest. <laughs> Absolutely. He is. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. <laughs> You're the oldest. Anyway, so oldest. so you would start. So I guess I'd come in and we'd walk down and say. Scene. You're, You're early. <laughs> Damn it, Kale. All right, it's over. So the scene is already delayed. <laughs> <laughs> You're early. You're I got done with basket weaving class before I thought I was going to. Basket weaving? I... I thought you were at basketball practice. No, I well, I was gonna be at basketball practice, but I went to the wrong door. It said basketball. I went to basket weaving. I always knew you were gay. I I, I was gay, and actually, I was Whoa. I was weaving a basket for you, Colin. It says I'm coming out and weaves. <laughs> Two gay brothers and one. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing of this. First, I think you're going to basketball practice. <laughs> Now I'm finding out you're a basket weaver and you're gay. You're a gay basket weaver. You can be a gay basket weaver. I think well, all gays are basket weavers. You're basket a weaver. straight <laughs> beer brewer. Yeah. So? And I have a beard. Like, that's those all go together. Straight bearded beer brewer. 
Makes sense, Kel. <laughs> Makes sense. I just want to know how long have you known that you are bearing, you're brewing beer with a beard? No. Oh, no. <laughs> you know that that's f- at least five years in the, like, I've been doing this for five years. I want to know how long have you known have you been gay? And how long have you been basket weaving? Well, since I met Colin. The more important question. Yeah. We, I met Colin. He's my, I, I met, he's my, we've been brothers, but I just met him uh, <laughs> an hour ago. <laughs> Uh, Have you been drinking again? Yes. <laughs> and see. Some of your beer. <laughs> some of your beer. There you go. Yeah. We got it. Ah, damn it. I should have known. Uh, no, I can't. Improv is a, is a... You should take a class. Oh, you can't improv? No, I'm just saying, no, I, I, don't even, I don't even mean like, I don't even mean like stage improv. I just mean like being able to just come up with shit on the spot in any capacity is like incredibly difficult. What do you mean you do that all the time when you host the show? No, it's very methodical. Oh, I have a whole look at. I'm reading. Well, my, that's the I whole movie. Oh. Don't think twice. You're not supposed to think in improv. Yeah. Wow. Just supposed to be. I I liked you know I well I do like sorry before let's wrap this up but I do like the when they're talking about it, it's like you you see something on they, what they like about improv is you see something on stage you'll never see again right and mm-hmm. I, that's why I always love about jazz like jazz is cool because you see something performed that literally it will never be done the same way it's done ever again um, and I also like that. I've always, you know, been taught this that like, you know, you're really good at something if you can improv it. So I do respect improv. It's very difficult, and Some you got to be, be a mastermind to do it. Best comedic actors are improvisers. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, let's wrap it up here. Let's do some Netflix recommendations. I'm going to start by saying I don't. I, I'm not watching anything right now, but I am watching. And I know I already recommended this, but I'm watching The West Wing, which I I didn't want to admit from the first couple episodes. I didn't really like that much. It's okay. But I'm like seven episodes in now, and I'm 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 in. Are I love in season it. Two? It's great. I'm not in season. Well, maybe I, I can't tell with Netflix to be honest with you. They but just flow. it just flows like bad pastrami. Mm. So I um <laughs> I love the I'm loving the West Wing right now. I'm really getting into my Aaron Sorkinism, and it's great. It's awesome. Walk and talk. Love the walk and talk. I'm into it now. Um, all about it. So continuing. That's what I'm watching right now. I really can't recommend. I can't truthfully recommend anything else because I'm not watching anything. Mitch. Guys, guess what's on HBO? The, the nice guys. What? No, but that's out on Blu-ray, and I'm gonna buy it. Did you know? No, what's on Mister Buy Blu-ray? No, I didn't say that. Nice guys is. Oh, what's on HBO? What's on HBO? <laughs> that's what I mean. Brooklyn. Oh. oh. Yeah, I watched it again. We saw that movie. It's really great. We did. I, I cannot recommend that movie enough. It's second upon second viewing. Really great. It's a nice movie. Watch it again. Highly recommend. One of my favorites of last year. Yeah, you you liked it a lot. We were like, I think we both thought it was okay. I'm much more lenient on movies like way after the fact. You should like oh, okay. check it out. Like it's I, I like, if it's someone if someone like asked me like, oh, would you recommend Brooklyn? Absolutely, I recommend Brooklyn. Oh, I recommend Brooklyn. It. That's a lovely movie. Yeah, I don't want to well like written, say what I saw. Like Hornby screenplay, well acted, very funny. It is, yeah. Yeah, I still- and I did notice something though is that they do not really say Anthony's name for quite some time into the movie which is a little surprising as a as a movie <laughs> to not really <laughs> i think they may name. say it when they first meet but it's not reiterated whereas like during a movie you kind of say it a few times you say the main character's name a bunch so uh, yeah you know it, yeah. yeah anthony's name is not said as much until kind of deep into their relationship i think the only thing i had wrong with that was that it's another thing of like character choice and was that she 
that she, she goes back and she, yeah, she, was, she was a little weirdo in that I movie. Watch it again, guys. Watch it. You again. a weirdo, Sorshi? What's her name? Sersha. Sersha. Like inertia. Mm-hmm. Inertia, Sersha. She's fantastic. She's good. Mm-hmm. She was nominated for an Oscar, right? She was. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> she was my favorite until I saw Room. <laughs> and Room. I was like, whoa, yep, she's gonna win. Yeah. Colin, recommend eighties. Um, I'm gonna recommend. <laughs> Carl Fornell, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm gonna we recommend had... two things. One that's like one that's streaming, and one that's I I paid to watch for. So I'll start with the paid to watch one. I paid to watch, and I bought all of um, the People vs OJ Simpson, and I I talked to, I talked to you guys about this in the in the I'm group chat. I'm in love with it. Are you done yet? No, I think I have two. Are episodes you paying left. for that? I bought them. Well, I bought it. Oh, that's cool. But I buy it. Yeah, of course, I bought it. Why would I? <laughs> But um, how far are you? I think I'm. I think I have episode nine and ten left to watch. God damn! I I, I just I'm sorry, I just I, finished the jury one where they showed the jury in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, and how fucked up that is, dude. It is so. You haven't have you watched? I haven't it? watched it. Yet, it's no. so good. I what, recommend it. What I love about this yeah, is I don't remember this at all when I was a kid. I didn't either. So looking back at it, and I don't know how accurate this is with everything. I think it's, it's kind it's pretty of accurate. A, it's very Supposedly accurate. Pretty it's based accurate. off a book called his... The, the if run, I did the it? Run, no, The Run of His Life, and it's it's very accurate. I, yeah, that's like, I was like, I'm trying to, I, when I'm watching, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this is entertainment. I don't know how real it is, but I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, this it seems very real. The circus that this was unprecedented like holy fuck everything that goes on it's every and episode you're, you're like it's not gonna get worse than this right and it, every is like god shocking, damn it are you kidding me shocking yeah. and Johnny Cochran one the actor who plays him is incredible Johnny Cochran Two, is an amazing Johnny Cochran <laughs> Johnny Cochran is a the actual person Johnny Cochran is a genius for how he act at, like did that trial yeah didn't he have like another family or something <laughs> that I read? Like maybe yeah, a double life. He had like yeah, yeah. a double life, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, I think so. It's, so um, it's sense. that it's a incredible show. You, you get away with that. <laughs> it's like the, one of those celebrated defense lawyers in the world. Right. Right. How do you get away with that? <laughs> yeah, hey, that dad looks familiar. Yeah. That's not dad's hey, Who's name. your MVP so far <laughs> in terms of acting? Sarah Paulson. Yeah, I love very her. good. Love very, her. Very, very good. She just joined the Ocean's Eight. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yep. she's the eighth, maybe. Maybe or seventh. seventh or eighth. Um, well, I'm glad. I can't wait to. I can't wait to. That's. Yeah. I'm so. I'm and excited to see what it's gonna do. Watch the ESPN. Well, I wanted yeah. to watch it after. Yeah, do watch, watch it this. after, they, and it'll make you I, sick. Thank honestly. you. Honestly, they say that that documentary is uh, gonna be eligible for the Oscars because it, it premiered it's amazing. in that doc theaters. I couldn't honestly. Sorry to interject. I know you have another recommendation, Colin, but the uh, OJ Made in America ESPN doc. There's eight. There's eight episodes. Many parter. There's eight episodes. I got halfway through eight and I had to stop watching. It honestly made me sick to my stomach. All of it just all just compiling together. I I literally could not finish it. Mm. And I I think I told you guys in the chat. The the thing about that documentary is if someone was to ask me, "Is America a great country?" I would say yes. But you need to watch this movie. <laughs> I honestly believe that that OJ Made in America is the most American description. Description. It's it, that eight part series is the most American description wow. ever. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, gone. 
What's your other? Do you have anything more to say on OJ? Just I'm. I, it's nominated for a bunch of Emmys um, in the next coming yeah. month, so I'm I, very excited. Give to it, see make how it that rain does. with Emmys. I will. How, what it does there. I also. I did see some movies. I did mention that I saw um, Hell or High Water, which was amazing, and I highly recommend seeing it. It's playing at the Royal Oak Main Art, and it'll probably expand. It's to, at MJR now. Yeah, okay. I think it's a, yeah. yeah. See it. I honestly, it was one of the probably one of the best movies I've seen all year, uh, for sure. Jeff Bridges is amazing. Ben Foster is amazing. Chris Pine is amazing. It's his birthday today, I read. Um, so happy, happy birthday, birthday, Chris Pine. Um, so that was amazing. I also saw Kubo and the Two Strings, the Leica yeah, films. Yeah, we might even uh, have to do a show about that. But. Totally. Uh, most amazing anima- stop-motion animation I've ever seen, and it keeps getting one-upped every year by Leica. Leica is the next Pixar, or the next Studio Ghibli. Um they're it's did owned not, by it's owned by Phil Knight good. actually like a did you know that it's was owned that? by Phil Knight part no. owned no Nike's right. CEO because they're they're in Portland mm-hmm. um incredible amazing animation I I am blown away that it's all physical well mostly 80% yeah. physical mm-hmm. um more than most live action. <laughs> and so, and if you're gonna go see a movie in theaters, pay to see something like Kubo and the Two Strings because right. those people work so fucking hard. It took like four years for them to make this movie. Just saying. Let's see. Colin, did you have another recommendation? Um, yeah, my streaming one is um, on Amazon Prime, and you can. Well, the premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars was last night wait is that what we were just watching or was that <laughs> I was just putting on something on YouTube thing. that okay. was just all the lip syncs but right. um, seasons Sing for your life, life. <laughs> um, lip sync for I've, I've said this repeatedly for like maybe a year now that RuPaul's Drag Race is the best reality show maybe ever and I feel like people are in, in publications are now starting to recognize this because I've seen a lot of articles come out recently but you can watch um, season five, season six, and season seven, as well as the Untucked episodes on Amazon Prime. Right <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have, it, I've watched it. It's funny. It's a great. It's it's funny. It's entertaining. There's some beautiful dramatic moments in it too, and it's it's an incredible incredible show. Um, and what it's doing for um, the gay community and transgender community uh, is just it's great. It's maybe the best show on TV. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, there we go. We, we uh, talked about uh, Don't Think Twice. Got our recommendations out there and uh, some cool movie news. Like, good discussions today, guys. I really enjoyed it. Um, we will be back next week with another movie. I promise next week we'll do it again. Um, if you have any thoughts on any of the films we've watched, anything you think we should see, et cetera, et cetera, shoot us an email at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at woodwardsdt. Um, that's all we have for this week for Colin and Mitch my name's Kale we'll see you next week bye see ya look out your window and I'll be gone you're the reason I'm traveling on don't think twice it's alright bring no use in turning on your light this has been a woodwardsdetroit.com production Detroit Avenue to Alternative Pop Culture Talk. Hey.